Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 9th of September on this day in Christian history. We go back to the year 1933. And we travel to Johnstown in Pennsylvania, where Michael Novak was born. He would become the author of more than 40 books on the philosophy and theology of culture, and was most famous for the 1982 publication, The Spirit of Democratic Capitalism. He wrote, democratic capitalism is neither the kingdom of God, nor without sin. Yet all other known systems of political economy are worse. Such hope as we have for alleviating poverty and for removing oppressive tyranny, perhaps our last best hope lies in this much despised system. It would prove to be a very influential book finding residents around the world as communism was creaking. And seven years later, we would see the fall of the Berlin Wall. It was illegally distributed in Poland, where the Solidarity Movement helped defeat communism. And his writings were credited with influencing Václav Havel, the dissident playwright who became Czechoslovakia's first president after communism. And also Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher of Britain, Thatcher's memoirs noted that Novak provided the intellectual basis for my approach to those great questions brought together in political parlance as the quality of life. His books were also used by the nascent democratic movements of South Korea, Chile, Argentina, the Philippines, Venezuela and others in the 1980s. Novak acknowledged that Judaism and Christianity do not require democratic capitalism. But he continued, it is only that without it, they would be poorer and less free. Arguing that capitalism was the economic system most likely to achieve the spiritual goods of defeating poverty and encouraging human creativity. Commentary magazine called the book a stunning achievement. And perhaps the first serious attempt to construct the theology of capitalism. In a subsequent book, Novak would take issue with Max Weber's Protestant work ethic. Novak's critics, however, thought that he overlooked the severe inequalities often wrought by capitalism. The spirit of democratic capitalism also marked the maturation of his own political thought, which had started off on the liberal left, but had slowly drifted to the centre-right. He had been gripped, he would later say in a talk at the University of Notre Dame, by a powerful intellectual conviction that the left was wrong about virtually every big issue of our time. The Soviet Union, the North Vietnamese regime, economics, welfare, race and moral questions such as abortion, amnesty, acid and the sexual revolution. He was born as the grandson of Slovak immigrants and the oldest of five children. And his father was an insurance salesman and his mother a stenographer. He felt a calling to the priesthood and he studied at the Gregorian University in Rome where he earned a bachelor's degree in theology in 1958. Starting to doubt his vocation, he returned to America and studied for a time at the Catholic University in Washington, 
He would later say that after 18 months of great darkness, but also inner peace, he became certain that I should not be a priest, and moved to Manhattan and wrote a novel, The Tiber Was Silver, about a seminarian in Rome afflicted by religious doubts. And then he accepted a graduate fellowship at Harvard, earning a master's degree in philosophy in 1966. When teaching at Stanford University, he became a vocal opponent of the Vietnam War, and he argued for a revolution in the quality of life. However, he gradually became disillusioned with campus politics, and was also unhappy with the continued changes generated by Vatican II. While travelling across the country in 1970, trying to drum up support for democratic candidates, Novak tuned in to the concerns of traditionally democratic working-class voters who were becoming alienated from elites and were angry at the marginalisation of working-class Eastern European and other ethnic groups by the elite, largely Protestant establishment. He extended his argument of liberal capitalism with a subsequent book, the Catholic ethic and the spirit of capitalism, which argued that capitalism's most powerful underlying forces were not self-denial and discipline, as Max Weber had posited in his famous 1905 book, The Protestant Ethic and the Spirit of Capitalism. Novak shifted away from the echoes of Puritanism in Weber's analysis and focused on the social dimensions of the free economy and the free play of creativity both rooted, as he saw it, in Catholic ethics. Capitalism forms morally better people than socialism does. Capitalism teaches people to show initiative and imagination, to work cooperatively in teams, to love and to cherish the law. And what is more, it forces persons not only to rely on themselves and their own moral qualities, but also to recognize those moral qualities in others and to cooperate with others Really. Novak's influence grew, and he was consulted by both Popes John Paul II and Benedict XVI, and was very critical of liberation theology within the Catholic Church. See the podcast of August the 28th. When John Paul II wrote the encyclical Centesimus Annus in 1991, defining the free society as a threefold system, political, economic, and moral, many observers detected the influence of Novak's writings. He was at times a professor, a columnist, the chief American delegate to the United Nations Human Rights Commission, and for several decades a scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, a conservative think tank in Washington. With his role in the United Nations, he led the U.S. delegation to the Conference on Security and Cooperation in Europe in 1986. One of his later books was written with his daughter, Jana. Tell Me Why, a father answers his daughter's questions about God. In this book, he articulated his idea of what God is and, and is not. He is not the big guy upstairs, nor the loud, booming voice that Hollywood films affect for God. There are hosts of bogus pictures of God, the watchmaker beyond the skies, the puppeteer of history. 
If you wish to find him, watch for him in quiet and humility. Perhaps among the poor and the broken things of the earth, the, the, there are people who looked into the eye of the most abandoned of the poor and saw infinite treasure there, treasure without price, and there found God dwelling. Ten years later, he also drew praise for the openness with which he approached religious dialogue, such as in his book, No One Sees God, The Dark Night of Atheists and Believers. He was very critical of the new atheism of Harris, Dennett and Richard Dawkins, saying that all three pretended <clears throat> that atheists questioned everything and submitted to relentless, almost tedious self-criticism. But Novak pointed out that in their books, there was not a shred of evidence that their authors had ever had any doubts whatever about the rightness of their own atheism. Self-questioning about their own scholarly indifference to the subject, about the horrific brutalities committed in the name of scientific atheism during the 20th century, and about the restless and mercurial dissatisfactions in atheist and secular movements during the past hundred years, was absent. The line of belief and unbelief, he wrote, is not drawn between one person and another, normally, but rather down the inner souls of all of us. In 1995, he was awarded the Templeton Prize for Progress in Religion, which included a million-dollar purse awarded at Buckingham Palace. And in receiving it, his statement said, I have tried to work out my theology of economics with the poor in the forefront of my attention. First of all, the poverty of my own family in its beginnings and in Central Europe today. But even more urgently, the awful and unnecessary poverty of Latin America, Asia and elsewhere. Thus, if I had one wish to express on the occasion of this year's Templeton Prize, it would be that the poor of the world benefit by it through having attention focused on the systemic issue. Which sort of system of political economy is more likely to raise the poor out of poverty, liberate them from disease, protect their dignity as agents, free to exercise their own personal economic initiative and other creative talents? That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the thinking of Carl Gustav Jung on religion. To make our online archive easier to access, we've started to group our podcasts into themes. So if you visit www.pogp.net, the first group called Theologians is going up this week, from Gustavo Gutierrez to Tim LaHaye. If you'd like to give any feedback, then you can email us on pogppod.gmail.com. And if you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for today's music and thank you to you for listening. Have a lovely day wherever you are.